You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike, Pensacon, New Jersey. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. Doing live memes, okay? Just acted them out for you a little bit. Have you all seen, I've seen this a lot more on TikTok than on other social medias, but maybe it gets there where like something terrible happens. It's It's a video, but then like they, they're pranking somebody it's like no no no. it's just it's just a prank you know like that like I, i've seen terrible ones like where the the teenage daughter shows her dad like a pregnancy test and he's like ready to kill her it's just a prank dad this is a prank. like it's kind of terrible that the, the, the what they do to these often um you know very blustery men who are going to give you this good reaction uh but th- this one is um you know it would be great if it were 2020 and, and at the end, God be like, puts his hand around your shoulder, points and says, yo, 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 look at the camera. It's just a prank, bro. <laughs> and uh, they've got a Jesus with his arms around a little kid saying that if you wanted to see a picture of it, it's at circleofhope.net slash Newton Lake Park. Nicole Jordan sent me that one. Send me your memes, y'all. Send me your 2020 memes because 2020 is a storm. We want to go through it together. Memes are our common lament for 2020. And 2020 does feel like a storm. And we're asking, how are we making it, how are we making it through together? How is Jesus holding us together? How is he getting us through this? Well, usually not the way we expect. Our theme verse for this season is Mark 4, 41, when the disciples are kind of terrified, kind of overcome with joy, right after Jesus calms a storm, literally calms a storm, and they're like, what kind of human is this? They're just, they're flabbergasted. And it would be great if 2020 were just a prank and none of this were real. And some of it is already so strange that it feels unreal at times. Do you Have you had that feeling of like, you're in a bizarro universe, this kind of surreal feeling. Wow, this is my life. That would be great. We also, we can't get a straight story or a straight enough story from the authorities. So uh, some of us are convinced that parts of it actually aren't real. And they, might, and they might be right. I've had more than one friend say, uh, it's hard to know what to think. Have you, ever, have you said that recently? Or how do you know? What can you know? What are you supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? I think it's all pretty disorienting. That's that's the feeling that I'm that I'm landing on. I'm feeling foggy. Do you feel foggy? It's kind of I kind of feel like the sky today, maybe. I wish that I could be more sure that I than I am. Do you wish that you could be more sure than you are? Jesus Jesus is doing all kinds of stuff where he's he's acting in a way that that begs that question. What kind of person is this? So I've been looking for other places where he just does something really interesting where you might say, "Whoa." So I want to tell a story about that today, too, to help us with that, that feeling of disorientation, that feeling of, uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. 
So Jesus had just finished telling his disciples a third time that we're going to Jerusalem right now. It's Mark 10, okay? We're going to Jerusalem, everybody. And the reason we're going is because the Son of Man must be handed over to the authorities, flogged and killed. Okay, this is the third time I'm telling you this. And right right before the story that I'm about to tell about Bartimaeus, Peter's like, no, God, that's no, Jesus, that's not how it's going to go. And, and, and Jesus says the famous thing, get behind me, Satan. You, you're just thinking of the things of men. You're not thinking on my wavelength. Yeah, Jesus is on that different kind of wavelength. And here he is demonstrating it in Mark 10. Um, this, this story where Jesus heals this guy named Bartimaeus happens right before they get to Jerusalem in Mark 11. That's with the palm branches on the donkey. It's Palm Sunday. It's the beginning of the end. Mark is a short gospel. It's only 16 chapters. So by chapter 10, you're already into the, the main event, the, the end of the story when Jesus, Jesus' passion is last week. Throughout Mark's gospel, Jesus has been performing miracles and, and he's been telling a lot of people, more than any of the other gospels, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone that I healed you. One reason for this is that Jesus does not want to be known as just a miracle worker. He, he's more than that. His miracles are more than miracles. They're, they're, they're signs about who he is. They're signs about what manner of person he is. But his people don't get it. They're distracted. You feel distracted, right? <laughs> That's easy. Easy to empathize there. The disciples have an idea about where all of this is supposed to go. They have an idea about who the Messiah, God's chosen one, is supposed to be. What the king of kings is supposed to do. They have a very strong expectation. So the crowds and his closest friends are kind of telling their own story, even as Jesus is telling them very clearly his own story and showing it to them and doing everything he can to try to help them understand where this is headed, but they're not with him. This illustrates this theme throughout the Gospels of spiritual blindness. Jesus gives sight to the blind on more than one occasion, to people who are actually blind, like their eyes cannot see, and people who are stuck uh, in some kind of perception that is wrong. You see that? That's the connection he's making. Lots of wrong perceptions about Jesus, and then he's also healing blind people. There's more going on here than just healing the blind. They're not seeing reality as Jesus sees it. And Jesus' goal is to help transform everyone's vision. And here in Mark 10, 46 through 52, he trans blind, transforms blind Bartimaeus' vision in order to keep transforming theirs and ours. That's what's happening here in this story. And now I want to read the story to you. And if, you, if you're a visual person and you want to read along, 
there's a link to Mark 10 um, in our, our link, or you can just Google it. Like I, by the way, I never go to BibleGateway.com. I just Google my passage. Pro tip. Don't write BibleGateway.com. Just write Mark 10, 46 through 52. It'll come right up. And it'll be like Bible Hub, Bible Gateway, or some other. Like, it's just super easy, the internet. Yay. <laughs> so here it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it and kind of talk us through it. Oh, one more thing. Jericho. That's a famous town in the Old, in the Old Testament. But it's really close to Jerusalem. Jericho was actually a town before Jerusalem was. Um, it's an old town, but it's, it's right on, it's like a, it's a suburb of Jerusalem now. So they're really close to the main event. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, which means son of honor. Timaeus means honor was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus has this reputation of being a miracle worker. He's picking up followers like crazy as he's getting towards Jerusalem. There's a big crowd. Probably he picked up a few, I don't know, the way I like to imagine, a few thousand people just go with him out of Jericho. Okay, we're going down to Jerusalem. This is happening. Uh... Imagine just a road full of people. It's a parade. It's a demonstration. It's a pilgrimage. Something is about to happen in Jerusalem, and people want to be there for it. And you've got this guy, one among a thousand, as I see it in my mind, crying out to Jesus, have mercy on me. Back to the text. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more. Somehow Bartimaeus knows something that they don't. He keeps going right through the rebuke. They don't get who Jesus is. He's not some important person on a diplomatic mission that excludes people based upon their status. Jesus has an appointment with his destiny and it is not subject to the time that we understand. He's making time, he's making history right here and when he gets to Jerusalem, he'll do his dang thing. And in the meantime, he can stop for anyone he wants. And it might have been because of the rebuke that Bartimaeus got that Jesus stopped. You know, I'm, you know, I imagine how, how's this going to work? How's Jesus ever going to get anywhere without people crying out to him? You know, he, de- he didn't heal every blind person in ancient Palestine. He, di- he didn't heal. Uh, he, he, isn't, he doesn't continue to heal every blind person in, in here and now. But he does, for whatever reason heals some, and he heals Bartimaeus. And we're looking for that reason. And I think that it might be in the, the fact that these people, wait a second, you think I'm one that, uh, that, that, that will stand by rebuking people for crying out for mercy? Wait, wait a second, wait, 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 wait a second. 
I imagine, I, I don't know if that's exactly what's going through Jesus' mind. Of course, I don't know. But, but we can see that Jesus wants to heal Bartimaeus. And part of, part of the process is Bartimaeus crying out again and again, despite being told to shut up. Son of God, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. Jesus stops for people that other people rebuke. Jesus calls back to those who call out to him. What kind of human is this? Doesn't he know how important he is and how unimportant this loudmouth is? Doesn't he get it? No, it's the many who don't get it. And Mark has been making this clear throughout his whole story. Jesus honors this son of honor. Jesus, Jesus' own honor has no limits, and he, it will never be used up by an inconvenience from someone uh, who doesn't seem to know their place. Jesus listens to this man who persists in crying out, Son of David, have mercy on me. So they call to the blind man, Cheer up, or take heart. I like that translation better. Take heart. On your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do? Jesus asked him. I don't know if Jesus knows that Bartimaeus is blind. Have you ever thought about that if you've read this story before? I don't know if it's actually apparent. But this question is powerful whether Jesus knows or not. He could just be asking for information. What do you want me to do? You know, because he kind of got up quickly there. He threw his cloak off and ran to Jesus. He might look like he's just, you know, able to get around pretty good. But I like to think that Jesus did know that, Bart that Bartimaeus was blind, but that he wanted to honor Bartimaeus, this son of honor. What does Bartimaeus want? Jesus wants to know. Why is he crying out for mercy? It could be anything. There are other things in a human life besides physical sight. And Mark has been making this clear. He's been trying to make this point throughout the story. It's not just about the miracles. And Jesus wants to know what Bartimaeus wants. The blind man said, Rabbi, which means teacher, I want to see. Okay, it was the blindness that he wanted. But could he have been, could, it could have been anything, right? And Jesus wanted Bartimaeus to be able to say it. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Boom, he receives his sight. And they are off again, off to the mission, off to Jerusalem. And Bartimaeus is part of it. He's not on the side of the road. He's now part of the crowd. He's following. He's in this movement. Jesus, it seems, had a, had a purpose for Bartimaeus' sight. A ready-made reason to be able to see is to come with me and do the thing that I'm doing. We're not healed just so that we can get what we want. No matter how noble our request or how fervent our prayer or how persistent our cry, our healing is for a reason. 
Our seeing is for seeing Jesus and following him physically and spiritually. So taking the metaphor into our collective moment, because Mark's, Mark's doing something metaphoric here. It's a literary thing. This blindness has some symbolic reasons. Bringing that to our moment, bringing that symbol into our now. I think it's hard to see, you know, that, that feeling of disorientation. It's hard to see through all the lies and confusion of right now. Everyone on TV, at least, is on full blast rebuking everyone for everything they can think of. I don't know if Bartimaeus could be heard today if Jesus were walking through the crowd that we live, through the crowded airwaves that we spend most of our time receiving. But go back to Bartimaeus on the side of the road. Bartimaeus didn't know if he'd be heard either. He didn't know. Yet he cried out anyway. He wasn't sure what would happen, but he persisted. He couldn't see, but he knew that Jesus of Nazareth was coming. They told him to stop. They told him it was about Jesus' honor, not his. But Jesus stopped in order to honor him. What kind of person is Jesus? My main takeaway from this story today, and it's just for today because I plan on coming back to this story many times throughout my life. This is not a conclusion about what this means. And that's what's so great about Jesus and his stories is that they, they're useful for every day. But for today, my takeaway is that I'm welcoming this strange man, Jesus of Nazareth, into the storm of my confusion. I need his strangeness for my strangeness. I need a, a, a different way for this terribly different life that I'm living. Jesus, I'm crying out, have mercy on me. Give me something to do. Give me sight so I can see where you're going. Jesus, help us see where our desires and your desires intersect. This is very difficult. Have mercy on us. Help us sort it out. But let us not erase our desires, friends. Let us not think that none of it has anything to do with us. Even when we're rebuked by others, or the residue of all the rebuke that we have internalized has taken up residence in our brains. May we hear Jesus say, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you, Jamie? What do you want me to do for you, David? What do you want me to do for you, Brenda? Jesus is asking you, each of you, what do you want me to do for you? And that might be an overwhelming question to be asked. And that might be enough to be overwhelmed by that sincere question from Jesus, the Son of Man, the one from Nazareth, who came to show us how beloved we are 
even with his own life. For me, I'm taking some comfort in some, in, in, in some of the very basic, clear directions that Jesus then gives back to me. I'm looking for that overlap between desire and Jesus's direction. He says, follow me. And that's what Bartimaeus immediately does after his desire is granted. There's some kind of synergy there that they were made for each other in that way. And I think that's what all of us are called to do. Whatever healing comes from our persistent cries for mercy is, is for the employment in that project of following Jesus. Calm in the storm of our confusion. Calm in the storm of, of rebuke from all sides. Might look like this quote from my favorite author, George MacDonald. I put it on circleofhope.net slash Newton Lake Park in case you wanted to read along because he's a Victorian and his sentences are complex. We have no right to school ourselves to an imaginary duty. When we do not know, then what he lays upon us is not to know and to be content not to know. The philosopher is he who lives in the thought of things. The Christian is he who lives in the things themselves. The philosopher occupies himself with God's decree. The Christian with God's will. The philosopher with what God may intend. The Christian with what God wants him to do. Where follow me and what do you want me to do for you intersect? is right there in what has God given me to do? God is bringing me healing. God is bringing me new vision. God is clearing my eyes of what's in the way. God's making my perceptions whole so that I can participate in God's redemption project for the whole world. There, there's more connection than I can, I can perceive right now. There's more about what I desire that is good for what God wants than I completely understand. And I, and I, for me personally, the, the center of my confusion is about that, well, what am I supposed to do? You might have a different kind of experience of the storm or even of confusion right now or of how to sort this all out. But for me, having a sense that God's purpose for me is, is secure. God is giving me things to do, not just ideas about the way things ought to be. That's a comfort to me. That makes my vision clear. And I hope it might make some of your vision clear too. Our aim is to act upon what we are given to do so that there might be a few more reasons in the world to see Jesus as he is. 
that we might also be clearing the way, clearing the clouds out of the way, that we might also be giving sight to those who are blind by being so clearly about Jesus's business. We might be different kinds of people. You might be a different kind of person, Steve. We together might be a different kind of community. And together, we might be able to see, and I think we have seen, a different kind of world. May it be so. Let me pray, and you can talk back. Lord, pierce the soul of our confusion. Clear away the mist. Tear the veil. Show us what you're really getting at. For now, for here, make it known. And may honor and listening and persistence in our cry for mercy be characteristics of the people who have the vision you're giving. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.